back, I promise. Stop. We have to go back. Back before I back before I even met her. Before the heartache and the pain and the gnawing in my brain. Hi, that's WOW listeners. I've been on a brief, or not-so-brief, hiatus, as I've been blessed, though busy, with 2018 projects. But I'm back with a bang for this new episode with nationally produced, Kilroy-sided playwright Danielle Molman. As a West Coast native with an East Coast education and DC chops, this jet-setting playwright is currently based in Seattle and overseeing the workshop production of her latest play, Dust, at Youth Theatre Northwest. Full disclosure, I directed the sold-out workshop production after having met Danielle at a Rain City Projects event in 2016. The description for Dust sounds deceptively simple, wrestling with the reality that everyone he's ever known was just killed in a shooting at his school, Boy spends his last minutes spinning a story that looks not unlike J.M. Barry's Peter Pan. But the play is a hurricane of female voices that tackle everything from sexual assault to toxic masculinity, striking at the very moment when the Never Enough and Me Too movements are at their most visible. I sat down with Danielle earlier this week to get more details about the inspiration of this mesmerizing project. Here we go. I'm a regular listener to this podcast, so... <laughs> okay, so you're aware of the professional nature of it. Uh, hello and welcome to That's Wow, That's Women of Washington. And I am here with Danielle Molman, a playwright extraordinaire, and uh, someone who I've had the distinct pleasure of working with on Dust, your play whose workshop performance, uh, who's the, the which the workshop performance of that uh, is this Friday and Saturday at 9.30 at night uh, on Mercer Island. So, uh, hello, welcome to the pod. Hi. (laughs) It's so weird being kind of like formal with you right now. Right. Like, we've been working together for the last six weeks or something like that. Uh, So, this, without giving anything away, um, although I think that I'll put the description online um, so that you'll know uh, there's a certain amount of, of things that we can discuss where and when were you um well let's see first of all what do you tell people when you say oh yeah I have this workshop that's about to perform called dust what do you tell them about the play yeah I usually start with the fact that we're working with 14 teenagers on this play and people really are very cool about that information and like understandably so because it's a play that takes place at a high school and it's about a swim team and it's about the violence that comes with being a teenager today especially school-centric violence and yeah I mean I do tell people usually that it's about a school shooting um which I don't think gives away the play Mm -mm. no I don't think so and uh and then I know because of the press release that we also talk about J.M. Barry's Peter oh, Pan. right. It's, a, it's like a riff on Peter Pan. I used to tell people it was an adaptation, but like it doesn't even feel like an adaptation anymore. It's more like there are Peter Pan touchstones throughout the play. Um, and that's used as a storytelling device for um, the narrator. Right. Play. 
And and so this has actually been so I met you in November. No, excuse me, September of 2016. September 27th, 2016, because it was my birthday. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, we met at a Rain City project. Uh, director, playwright, speed dating, um, and just think that that was uh, you were there on your birthday. I, like, wrote it in my calendar. Like, <laughs> today. No, I uh, no because I have the email of me following up with you asking for the script, right. and I noticed just the other day I was like, oh, it's I, I noticed the nine sixteen, but I didn't remember what the date was. Uh, but so this was already extant like there was a certain there was a draft of it though you said that you had never heard it read out loud and so when did where were you what had happened when you decided to embark on writing this play um well when I very first started writing this play it was like 2011 which is a weird thing to think about oh Um, my gosh seven years my goodness Um, (laughs) at long last um, but the play was very different than it is today. It was a five-character play, and it was it took place like on a rooftop. Wow! Uh, in like in like a in still like a period of like suspended time, which this play does, um, but in a very different way. Where it was it was a lot about like the loss of um, different generations of Americans, and like there were different characters that were frozen in in times of like when they, of when they died so like frozen in the time of like slavery and, and Vietnam War and like all of these different like really key points of destruction in our country and um everyone really loved that play and I did not like it's one of those instances where like I would do readings of it and people would be like oh my god I love dust and I'm like it doesn't like I'm like I'm struggling with it um it's still that poetic nature to it and like a lot of the the tone of the play was very similar to what it is now but the character, like, it almost is like I told, I threw the whole play out and kept the tone alone and the suspended time. And so in 2015, I started writing the version that we have today, where it's for like a huge cast, all teenagers, and that the time suspension is very different, uh, but it's still about mortality and it's still about destruction, but a very specific um, form that is not like. That is actually something that like we're living through today. It's contemporary in a way that the other version of Dust was not. And um, the reason I decided to make it about a school shooting was because I, um, the I want to say the it was the oh god, Santa Cruz or um, oh the college yeah the oh college. my god okay um not not Santa Cruz what was that one UC uh, Santa Barbara Santa Barbara yeah had just happened and the killer was focusing his anger towards a group of young women that he didn't really know and so I used that as an impetus for for writing this version of dust that we have today and and then I went to the Swanee Writers Conference and workshopped it there with Naomi Azuka wow which is amazing <laughs> um and kind of like got the motivation to keep working on it and and I, I want to say the ver- the draft that I brought to Sewanee was probably like only 40 pages long, but still had such a huge cast. And the version we have today is like 103 pages. Wow. So it's like, that's the really, the nature of being able to develop with the, the right number of actors and, and actors that are that age and like having that many bodies in the room and being able to see what the story looks like and expand within. It's, it's just grown into an actual full-length play, you know? <laughs> The side, just a side note, 
um, I'm so struck by this is the first time I'm sure you told me that dust at one point was five people, but how can you? Well, it's five. Oh, maybe we should say the version we're doing is fourteen. It's fourteen, and the, but the, the the first that the in two thousand eleven your first pass at this was for five people, and that it involved these other atrocities, and yet the name was the same. May I ask you? I just I guess I can only ask you from your own opinion. Like, how do you navigate as a playwright that you have this seed for this story? And you had this idea, this title, if you will. Um, and how do you say, even when you're getting positive feedback, how do you say this isn't what it what it is? And you you cut away, you cut you you trim it to the point that actually you're trimming out major plot points. It sounds like if you were talking to, about these other wars um, and these other atrocities, and um, and you're expanding, like, it, it, it feels like, it, it sounds like you're saying, like, oh, in 2011, I bought a sports car, and now I'm driving a Hummer, but it's the same car. And I find right. that, like, what is that yes. journey? How do you do that? And so, I get that, I, I ask myself, I was going to say, I get that question a lot from myself. Um, <laughs> the Barbara um, Walters inside of you asks you well, that. Well, also yeah. from my mom, who saw a reading of Dust, like, probably 2012 or something, and since then told me that her favorite play of mine was Dust and then came to see it in San Diego like two months ago and said, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> um, but I, let's put it this way, I wouldn't have been able to write the play we have today if not for writing those other versions first. Sure. And I also, it's not like I was working on it consistent, consistently for seven years. I did put it in a drawer for like, in a drawer, on a computer, um, for like three years where I just wouldn't touch it and wasn't sending it out and wasn't, because I felt like I was stuck on it. There was nowhere for me to grow with those characters and the play wasn't a play I wanted to be writing, but I liked, there was something about the, and it was a Peter Pan ad adaptation as well then. And so there was something about like a Peter Pan adaptation stuck in time with mostly female characters that I couldn't get away from. And so I put it away until Santa Barbara happened. Mm. And then that was what unlocked it for me. Unfortunately, it was like something really terrible happening in my home state um, to make me say, you know, I think it's time for me to tell the story. And I had just moved to Seattle and I was like, I knew no one. And I was like, well, I have nothing but time. I'm going to try to figure out this huge play now. Well, and, I, and you've said to uh, the cast that in order for you to take care of yourself uh, just kind of mentally and uh, while writing this piece, since you've had to interrogate some um, interesting crevices of, a, of, of some of the central characters, that you'd only write on sunny days, even though you just moved to Seattle. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, the, I think I wrote the first draft in probably the fall. And then in the rewrites, I was only writing on sunny days, which was just like, because I was going through like seasonal depression and like being in a new city and like not, and working on a really dark play. And I was like, I know that this is a story I need to tell, but I don't want to tell it because it makes me really, really upset to tell that story. And I've since been able to like get the play to a point where it doesn't feel like it's my play so much anymore. It's like a story that I'm... Because, I mean, I don't know how to describe it because pretty much all of my other plays that I've written, I can, I can point to a character in the play 
and say, I relate most closely to that character. And in Dust, there are no characters that have me as a person in the, in the play. Or, yeah. But at the same time, I'm in all of the characters. Of course. And so it's, I don't know. I think it's just like I had to get over the fact that like, it's an, it's an important story to tell. So I need to just write on all the days, not just the sunny ones. Sure. Not just the sunny ones. Uh, what has it been like uh, workshopping a play with teens? And I suppose, I mean that in a both like, I mean, in one way, they are the age that basically that the characters are. But then since we're, we're working with actual teens um, here at Youth Theater Northwest, then the technique or their, um, the ability to, to speak to them in more... Um, traditional theatrical like kind of dramaturgical terms is a little bit limited or takes a little bit more um what has that been has that been uh helpful in the process would you recommend it to others or how has that how has that informed you maybe in a way that you didn't that you didn't expect I think it's I'm really grateful for the opportunity because I wouldn't have written this like it's kind of it's it's as soon as this got locked in I was like this is perfect like I want teenagers to be playing these roles and it's got a lot of language that would scare a lot of high schoolers. Yeah. Like a high, high school. Like there's a couple, there's a couple like words a, that scared me. And yeah, I'm, yeah. Like a superintendent, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and so I was really grateful that Youth Theater Northwest was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and that you like shepherded it in and you were like, I trust her. She's not terrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I mean, I don't know what those conversations were like, but you're like, you might have been like, let's find out. Let's find out. It was more, more like, no, I was working on this play has made me realize that sometimes I am, I have, have had a very conservative upbringing. And so at moments that I've wanted to breathe or like hyperventilate about some of the language in this play, then Kate Swenson here at YTN has been the first one to say like, well, you know, that's how they talk in schools right now. And I'm like, I know, but like to have them in the room with me when they're speaking like this. And I'm like, Aaron, you got to get over that, you know, and that's been, anyways, now I'm, I'm, I'm stealing the interview, but, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you are you're as much a part of this process as I am at this point. So like, it's not stealing the interview yeah. by any means, but, um, it's been great to have the teen, teenage actors playing these teenage roles. Um, and I mean, I'm working on another play that's for, 18 that's for 18 to 21 year olds that I probably wouldn't have started writing if I didn't know that like it would be possible to work with young actors cool you know what I mean um and it's just as the the subject matter is just as difficult even possibly more so uh than dust and um well difficult in a different way and just knowing that like teenagers can handle it because it's their life it's it's their it's what they're living every day. Mm. It's what they're living in contemporary world. And working with the Youth Theater Northwest kids in particular, like I feel like they seem to be particularly prepped for dark material and heavy material from the very nature of like going through YTN and not being given like always I can't even think of like Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's yeah. Web every <laughs> yeah. year. You know yeah. what I mean? Like um, our town. We're yeah. only doing our town. Anna Green Gables, um, yeah. And so, I don't know, it's been, it's also been surprising to see, like, the kind of articles they bring in and the kind of insights they bring to the table. It's been really exciting. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think 
something I suppose to, to circle back on the conservative, the conservative upbringing that I didn't recognize that I'd really had was that I think I'm learning how much, um, dark materials that, uh, the, that teens talk about, um, now and that having a place in a, in a subject, like a, a focal point, um, which is what a play is in order to gather in a room and talk about those difficult ideas, both kind of from a, an around the corner feeling like, you know, well, let's talk about the character that's struggling with X mm-hmm. and how then we've splashed in and out of like, well, I've struggled with X, right. but then you can put it back towards something positive right. is making art. Yeah. yeah. I had and- never, I didn't see that coming. I, I mean, it's, I, like I, it's made me realize it's really crystallized for me, like why we, why we do this and the importance of it. And it, I'm so glad that, I mean, at times I've really wanted to be able to, I put a lot of pressure on myself to want to provide a dramaturgically terminology heavy, like, you know, table work environment where we could talk about like, well, what is this beat and what is this unit? Like, but I, some of the, some of the guts that have spilled out on the floor in this process, as messy as it has been, I think there's, for me, I, I can only speak for myself, but like the, the chaos has taught me a lot yeah. very quickly. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'll say straight out, we wouldn't have that drowning moment in as authentic and as like, like rooted in contemporary life as it, as it is now and as chaotic and sporadic and like talking over each other. If it wasn't for this particular cast, right. like it would still be those like, Five line monologue here, five line monologue there, and the uh, the, I mean I don't know how the audience is going to respond to the current version, but the audience is going to be like, what's going on in this scene, um, and that really cracked open something for me. And also what you're saying about like wanting to have all the like proper terminology at the table. I mean I don't write that way, sure. so it's kind of nice that like we had a weird script to work with on something as messy as this process is mm. because it complemented the the play. And as messy as the subject is. The yeah. and if and, and I think that's something that's been interesting to call this a play that involves a school shooting is incredibly you know, would be reductive. Would right. be you know, and, and it's about so many other things. And also I think that even when we talk about school shootings, that is a, a an umbrella term for many other ideas um that maybe we are still figuring out like what those names are i mean this um well i don't want to go into it but there's like even some some recent writings on some recent crimes that have happened that i think has cast new light on the way that i see some of the characters in this play i just think wow we as a society are still developing the tools and terminology to even speak about these struggles right not just to deal with it but to like what words do we use like yeah i i struggle with using the word murderer about this play and i'm like but that's what it is right like that's what's happening it's a mass murder so with with the um with the performances the workshop performances coming on friday and saturday are you coming up (laughs) uh we're about to go into tech um the uh what do you even know what you're looking for? I don't. I really don't. Um, 
Is it just you want to sit back and and I'll see do like a back row and <laughs> watch like the audience? But like what I learned about this play the last time I did a reading of it is because there's no places to laugh. I can't really judge audience response until they're leaving the theater. Mm. For the most part, like what are they whispering about to to the people that they came with? Um, because while I write drama, like pretty much hundred percent of the time, most of my drama has like you know, real life, like dark humor in it. And so like there is room to like have a little, I don't know if the rewrite has, it's hard to tell like when we're in this room. I think there's some dark. there's any funny moments in this play I think there's some dark, especially in the drowning moment, which is not a literal drowning for those of you listening, but in that drowning moment, there's a couple lines that make me smirk. Like some of the. A little bit of release for the audience. Yeah, which is, and it's told, it's not told for laughs because it's so honest but right. like that's it'll be received as like yeah that's it the the realness of it I think will strike a comedic release in the in the watcher which I think is what we need um right. yeah so maybe you'll have to hide you'll have to hide outside and hide in the parking lot and listen to what people say right. but I'm, I'm like way more interested in like what the experience is for the actors mm. doing this play which is not like something you could program into a season but you know what I mean like I'm not here to hold an audience member's hand. I think that they'll get the play, like, as much as you can get it. But the actors have to live with that every day. My final question is about, um, is about music. And, oh, yeah. yeah, so you are, uh, I am, I'm embarrassed, embarrassed to just, I'm just a really, like, a Pandora listener. And, I mean, I have my favorite things that I've been listening to for years, but I, I don't climb the textured landscape of music the way that I see you in your just in your off time I think that it's something that really speaks to you and it's something that you use but can you talk about how music um I don't even know if there's anything to say but like how does music influence your process do you think that you have an a seed for a story first and then seek out the music or do you are you often influenced by music that then chases you towards an idea? Did they work like that? Yeah, so I am not an outliner, um, which I think surprises a lot of people. I never outline my plays until like I get maybe midway through if I'm like, okay, what scenes do I still need to stick in here? Um, and music is my way of like kind of outlining the play before I start writing. Okay. So I like come up with general idea of what the play is going to be about and then I start gathering a playlist of music that I always start with like what could these characters be listening to on their off time and I dive in that way I got into art through music I, I was in marching band for a very long time and my newest play has a live marching band on stage oh my gosh um, we were connected then. <laughs> never mind I'm thinking about something else I just told Danielle that had to do with marching band and that's really funny maybe we're connected now okay um, and and so, like, I feel like every one of my plays gets a little more musical as I continue to write bigger and less producible things. <laughs> um, and so this, the music that is in this play really came out of the auditions. Mm. Um, and us having a very talented actress come in to audition for Lily. And we said, oh, and she's a great musician. Bring in your guitar. And we played around with that a little bit. And then I started putting songs into the show and she's now our music director she's put in a lot of hums and like you know melodic elements and percussive elements and like is kind of helping us score this play as it goes through which like makes a lot of sense that it will have a lot of music because there's so much movement in it um 
but I am very like my brain is wired pretty musically and I while I am not like a music writer or you know but I I I always like go back to that as a touchstone because I didn't discover theater was a thing I could do until I was in my senior year of college wow so I came to it like late for especially for this group who's been (laughs) doing theater since they were three right um and so that is like kind of how I that's just how my brain thinks. And so now I'm rambling. Well, do you listen to maybe, I I am now just curious. Do you listen to music while you write or do do you have to do one in silence? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, that's great. No, that's just something I've been wanting to, to ask you. Um, so, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking this time with me. We have a really full week and I really can't wait to share this story that I think will be it's funny that you should say that you are more interested in the actor's journey through the story than the audience's. Cause I think the audience is going to be thinking about the same thing. I think they're going to want to check in with the actors afterwards and be like, well, what was this? Um, and I think it is really going to provoke a, a, a valuable conversation, um, similar to how our rehearsals have gone that will like, let's use the play to talk about our own feelings that I have a feeling that the, in the Q and a that we'll have, uh, on Friday and we may be compelled to have one on Saturday will be, I want to talk about the play cause I want to know how these young people were able to do this play because I also think that we need to talk about this issue. I think it'll be this, uh, circular conversation that actually everyone in the room needs to have right. and that your play is at the heart of it, which is really exciting. So thank you so much. And I also can't wait to see what happens to dust. Uh, in the future. I also can't wait to see. Mm. Uh, so fingers crossed. But thanks so much. Thank you, Danielle. Dust's final sold-out workshop performance is tonight, May 12th, at Youth Theater Northwest. But you can track the progress of the next production on Danielle's website, daniellemolman.com, or follow her on Twitter. It has been a powerful experience to work on such a relevant story with so many young women and non-binary performers. The things hardest to say are the most important things to discuss, and the young are more informed than you are ever comfortable in acknowledging. Go forth, femmes. Remember to dare and do. And collaborate. He holds my body in his arms. He didn't mean to do no harm. He holds